0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of the J-Rollin Speaks podcast. It is such a great night guys and I'm so happy that you're here. I know that there are so many things you could have been doing and you know, so many options, so many other videos that you could have been watching, so many books you could have been reading, so many conversations you could have been having. Maybe you are right now. And if this is your first time here, as usual, I want to welcome you, I want to challenge you, I want to remind you. If you're looking for a channel that's going to teach you something, edify you, strengthen you, bring you to a better sense of your own life, as well as the relationships you have around you. You came to the right place. This is a place where we do not share for lack of a better word, garbage. That's a guarantee. Nothing filthy. Nothing x-rated. Nothing that is going to question the content. In fact, I like to produce material that is suitable for even younger people. Right? Younger people. I mean, if they can hear it, then certainly you can as well. And that has always been my goal for quite some time. Those of you who have been following me for some time now, that has always been my goal. I just want to produce content that is going to be strengthening, edifying, uplifting, and of course, bringing you a sense of peace, spiritual growth, and of course, truth. So, welcome guys. Tonight's going to be a special episode because I'm going to be talking about A particular word. A word that I absolutely loved when I was learning English at a very young age. And I took it for granted. And I think many of us have for quite some time. In fact, I think that the problem here is that when we speak in our languages, right? Whether you come from Spain, whether you come from Latin America, whether you come from the the French colonies or former colonies and of course France itself and any language really. We get so used to it. We get so used to it that we take it for granted. And it's like every time we use that word, we're almost being desensitized to it, right? So it's like we're, coming, we're becoming numb to it. And I know many of you like, like to use certain words in your vocabulary, in your everyday language. And that's great. But sometimes we de where that word comes from. And those of you who have been following me for quite some time, you know that I always recommend all of you guys to get a book of etymology. If you don't know what that word means, it means the study of a word. Not only do you learn the definition of the word, but you get to learn the history of it, where it comes from, where it originates. Have there been other languages that have influenced that word? And more than likely, the answer is yes to all of them, right? You really want to know what a word means study where it comes from what is its origin is it french is it latin is it hebrew is it arabic right is it mandarin you know i've heard from many many people especially like when i was growing up that you know certain languages are harder and more difficult than english and by and large, that's kind of true, right? If you, Especially if you take a lot of the Scandinavian languages, especially Iceland, right? Like I, Iceland has one of the most difficult languages to learn if you have never grown, grown up there, right? If you haven't been raised there. It's so, so difficult. But here's where I make the argument that English is actually difficult in the sense of trying to learn its grammar. Because here's the big difference between English and every other language, and including Iceland by the way. You see, in Spain, in France, for example, and Italy for example, they have something called language institutes. And what that means is there is a academic committee that actually decides and reviews what words and what letters in the alphabet get included or omitted. I kid you not. This is actually a real thing. So for example, there is the double L in Spanish, right? Like the y, right? When you ever say llama, for example, right? Or llamarme algo así, something like that, sorry. <laughs> and so like it used to be that the double L was included in the alphabet in in Spanish. But then about 15, 20 years ago, it actually was omitted. So that letter is no longer a letter. It's still pronounced, right? It's still used, but it's not actually a letter anymore. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And so when, they, when the Spanish Language Institute actually made the decision, that means all of Latin America had to follow suit. And so it's kind of crazy to think that, right? Like, it's, it's one basically institution that makes that decision for so many countries, right? So many schools, basically all the people that live in Latin America, including Spain, right? France is the same way, Italy is the same way, and so many so many other languages have institutes, right? I'm not sure about Germany or the Scandinavian countries, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Russia, by the way, has one, okay? Guess who, which popular language, right? At least top three in the world. The most spoken languages in the world, right? Top five, top five. Out of those five, guess which one doesn't have a language institute? (laughs) English. (laughs) English doesn't have a language institute. Isn't it crazy? And so, what happens is, like... (laughs) People don't really understand the history of English, like, where it comes from. So, I'll get to that here in just a few minutes. But, English doesn't have a language institute, right? England doesn't have it, Australia doesn't have it, obviously New Zealand doesn't have it, and the United States doesn't have it, right? So, what happens is, is like, the people who speak the language start forming their own conjugations and they start forming their own grammatical structure. Now, don't get me wrong, there's an expectancy of how you should be speaking English, right? In England, there is a proper grammar, okay? There's a proper grammar, but that's only been instituted by schools, right? By the education uh, system, but it's not done by a actual like committee or a institute, right? In fact, the Oxford Dictionary is actually fairly young, right? And just because it has the word Oxford in it, it, doesn't mean that it's the originator of English, right? The university itself would just had the idea of like, oh, let's make a dictionary because we're Oxford. I mean, I'm obviously kind of exaggerating there, but that's kind of the, that's, that's the idea, right? So they're not an institute in terms of like having authority of all of English. So all I'm trying to say, guys, is that English has a multitude of conjugations. And so I make the argument that it's actually very difficult to learn English because we don't have a structured grammar. We really don't, right? It's not like in French it's not like in Spanish. It's not like in Italian where you actually have actual conjugations. You want to learn how to speak properly? You got to conjugate the verb with the tense, right? And then whatever the noun is, right? You know, you have like a blueprint basically, but in English, you don't have a blueprint. You just sort of like wing it. You really do. I know that sounds a little funny, but you kind of do. And then, like, you just sort of, like, pick it up as you go. I mean, obviously, we go to school to learn the alphabet, to learn how to read, to learn how to write. That's different. Literacy is different from actually understanding, like, the actual grammar, linguistical structure of English. It's it's literally not the same. Just because you are literate, it doesn't mean that you actually know the grammar structure. That's not how it works. Anyway, where I'm going with this, guys, is that... One of the reasons why English is so difficult in terms of, like, actually understanding the grammatical structure is because it is a conglomeration of many different languages. See, you have to go back to the origins of England and all of their battles that they had, right? This is before, way before the 1900s, right? This is before, way before the 1800s. This is before the 1700s. So when England was starting to form as an actual nation, right? By the way, if many of you didn't know this, in England, there is, on the western side, there is a smaller nation, very small nation, called Wales. And I'm sure many of you have heard it before. But did you know that Wales actually speaks Welsh, which isn't English? It sounds a little bit like English, but has no correlation. Welsh is its own language. So right there, you already have a mixture of Welsh and English. There's something already happening there. And then if you go to Scotland, the Scots actually have a slightly different way of speaking English, right? I mean, obviously Scottish English is unique in its intonation. Okay. And if those of you who befall me a while, you guys know who Seamus is, right? someday he'll come out and visit us one day <laughs> but the intonation is very unique anyway all this to say that there is already in the small island in the british isles is already a, a mixture of putting these languages together right and then finally gaelic right if you go to ireland for example there's a very old language even older than english called gaelic and it's super 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 hard okay just because you know English, it doesn't mean you know Gaelic. It's, it's so, so different. It's almost rhythmical, actually. Anyway, once again, three languages starting to mix. So there's some formation of this English that you and I are familiar with. Except one very important battle that actually happened in northern France. right? In fact, later in, during World War I, there was a famous battle called the Battle of Normandy. But way, 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 way before World War I, there was another famous battle, right? This was, and I'm talking about like medieval times. And there was a huge battle between the Kingdom of France and obviously the Kingdom of England. And the French actually won. Vive la France! To all my French uh, listeners out there. So there is a famous battle that the French had won. And so actually France had ruled England for quite some time. Now, here's where things get really interesting because as a way of showing peace with the people of England, Fran- France actually had sent a the daughter right of the French emperor and I forget her name, but she had she was basically used as a way of offering a gift of peace to the people of England so that she could marry a British Royal. Okay. Now, once that happened, this is where French language started mingling with the already French, I'm sorry, with the already mixed English. Okay. And then to even make things even more complicated, the Nords, right? Like, Norwegians, the Swedish, right? All of the Scandinavian countries, even Denmark, right? They started already. They had already been colonizing the British Isles, especially in where Scotland is. And I and I totally messed up the timeline here because the Scandinavians were already on the British Isles way before, way before the French were there. Okay, and so you already have this already like butchered language that's happening here right and i and i mean butchered in a very respectful way by the way because it's just another way of saying like you know you have a total mix of all these languages happening at the same time and so english is becoming much much more shall we say adaptable to all of these languages right of course you have to learn mix in there the germanic language as well right i mean seriously guys english has it makes sense now why English doesn't have a structured grammar. Now, don't get me wrong, there we, we do have rules in writing sentences in English, right? You have to have a noun, you have to have a verb, otherwise, you can't write an actual coherent sentence. So, that's not what grammar actually is only about, right? You can say you can rearrange the two and still make sense, right? I mean. This is totally an exaggeration, but there's a reason why we still understand Yoda, right? When we watch Star Wars. I know that's like a funny like reference there, but like the point is guys that even if Yoda doesn't speak properly, we absolutely understand everything this guy says, right? Obviously it's a fictional character, but what I'm saying is like that's actually becoming acceptable because well, we don't have a language institute. There's no way in heck Spain, France and Italy will allow that ever, right? If someday there was some famous character. And in fact, I th- now that I'm thinking about it, I think Don Quixote, right? If you ever watch if you ever read Don C- Cervantes' uh, famous novel, right? I think Sancho Panza was actually a, a really bad Spanish speaker, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, and and that was done on purpose to show his social class. But the Spanish language institute no way would ever allow something like that to be taught in terms of the spanish grammatical structure would ever be taught as something that is okay right like like of course cervantes novel was taught in schools but the way sancho panza was speaking right the way he was speaking spanish was not exactly proper and so something like that cannot be taught as proper spanish it can be taught as a fictional character and a funny character and a character that is has like a, a, an impediment, but that's not ever going to be allowed because there's a Spanish institute. But not English. Okay? English is no institute. You understand? Are we on the same page now? Okay. Now, why am I sharing this? Because the word darling, <laughs> that is tonight's theme, <laughs> the word darling is a very old Anglo Saxon word. Okay, when I say Anglo Saxon, it's including the French and Gaelic and Welsh conjugation of English, right? Like like the mixture of English. So darling is a very old word. And here is something that I want everybody to remember. If there's if there's nothing else in this live that you remember, remember this. The Gaelic word for darling, okay, and and there's very and there's, vari- and there's a, a few more variations, but my favorite, my f- absolute favorite, is the word Makushla. Okay, Makushla is Gaelic for my darling, and guess what? It also ge- is Gaelic for my blood. Isn't that beautiful? So when you tell somebody Makushla, my darling, my blood, in fact, you are such love of my life that you are a part of me, you are my blood, you are my kin almost. (laughs) You don't necessarily have to be blood, blood, blood related, but if you tell somebody that, it's an endearing word and it's so special when you say that word to somebody. You can say it to your spouse, you can say it to your companion. And you know that when somebody says it to you, they mean it because you don't they don't say that word lately. They don't just give it out. They don't just say, "Oh yeah, you're my darling, my blood." No, 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 no. You reserve that word for someone special. You reserve that word for only the one that is close to your heart that means so much to you that the the very minute that they're away, you already feel different, which is the whole point of saying that word, my darling, you say it as to let them know that you miss them, you say it to let them know that you need them, you say that to let them know that they need to be back home with you because. That's the whole point of saying my blood. Can you live without your blood? Of course not, right? Logically and scientifically speaking, we cannot. It would be ridiculous to think like that, which is the whole point of saying that word because you're telling them, I need you with me, makushla, my darling, my blood. This is why when you say it in English, you need to have that same meaning. My darling, my everything, my breath, my thought, my expressions, my love, my heart. One little thing I want to say before we read some poems tonight, guys. anglo-saxon word where where my darling comes from okay the angle the, the actual direct link before we get to our modern day English is the word Dior which is the French part do you know what Dior means and I'm not talking about the company okay Dior got this from anglo-saxon language actually got it from French Do you know what Dior means? It means precious, valuable, expensive, without, like, limitless value, basically. That's what Dior means. So, that's where we get the word darling. Diori. It means darling. My valuable, priceless love. Can you imagine if Sméagol from Lord of the Rings said that instead of saying "precious," he would be like, "My darling," <laughs> it doesn't have the same ro, it doesn't have the same ring to it, right? It's more creepy when he says like "precious." But if we were to say like "my darling," <laughs> that would be a trip, y'all. I think that would be really, really interesting. You know, somehow, somehow deep inside of me, I I want to, th- I want to. I have this thought that like some writers truly when they were brainstorming for like anything related to their novel, right? Especially like character names and all these things. Like I honestly think like some authors like truly like laughed at some of the things that were popping in their head. It's like, you know, what should we have this character say? What should we have this character do? And they're like just like blurting it out, it's like, nah man, we can't do that, you know? <laughs> So I'm sure when he was thinking of the Sm- the Smeagol character, he was probably thinking like, should we have him say, like, darling? <laughs> Does it sound creepy? It's like, darling? No, 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 let's go with precious, man. That's that's definitely more creepy. It's like, precious, yeah, we got it right there. <laughs> anyway, guys, so, like I said, this is the J Roll This Speaks podcast. This is a place where you get to learn and really have fun tonight and if you're looking for a place of edification of truly understanding truth and altruistic love and friendship and grace mercy peace hope all the things that every single human being on this entire entire planet is constantly seeking i'm not here to change the world and i know i won't but i know there'll be a few people that will definitely be motivated to seek out truth to find out for yourself and to know that there is such a thing as absolute truth there is such a thing as hope there is such a thing as true peace and there is such a thing as altruistic love and so i want to share some great poems tonight guys that i think many of you will like and to all my Spanish speakers out there, no se vayan porque tengo un montón, no voy a terminar todos, no voy a leer todos, pero tengo un montón de poemas que les van a gustar, ¿no? les va a agradar bastante. Y bueno, si ya me entendieron unos minutitos atrás, bueno, estaba explicando a mis seguidores en inglés sobre la palabra darling, entonces bueno, ustedes ya saben que en español nosotros decimos querido o mi amor esas son palabras bastante preciosos ¿cierto? bastante preciosas así que quiero invitarles que esté conmigo unos minutitos para aprender para tener esa experiencia de estos poemas lindísimos y espero que lo disfruten y bueno la próxima vez que ustedes le dicen a alguien a tu compañero o tu compañera tu marido tu esposa que ellos son tu amor ellos son tu querido espero que lo aprecien aprecien esa palabra y cuando se lo dicen pónganse a a llorar de felicidad abrázense desen de, de un buen besote, ¿cierto? <risa> bueno, gracias. En primer lugar, quiero agradecer a todos ustedes por estar aquí. Y bueno, espero que lo disfruten. Perdón, que lo pasen muy, muy bueno conmigo. Esto es el show de J. Roldán. Bienvenidos. Estamos listos para leer poemas en español y también en inglés. Así que no se vayan. Ahora déjame cambiar the idioma y luego voy a explicar el poema que voy a leer en español, ¿ok? Alright guys, it is time, it is time to read some poetry tonight. Alright guys, I'm gonna read one that many of you have heard of before, I guarantee it. And if you haven't, I'm actually a little jealous because I remember the first time I came across this particular poem, and I was just like, wow, did that guy really write that? And here's who I'm talking to. Or the, here's who I'm referring So many of you guys know who Edgar Allan Poe is, right? And many of you are used to his dark-themed stories. And that's actually what he's known for, right? And by the way, here's a little trivia question for you. Do you know where Edgar Allan Poe actually grew up? I bet you many of you don't. He actually grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. That's right. If you've never been to Charleston, guys, my goodness, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous city. Hands down, my top three most beautiful cities I've ever lived in. And it's a beautiful town. I love that place. And my goodness, so gorgeous. Anyway. Anyway. You go visit, by the way. If you're here in the states, if you're living in the states right now, and all you all you foreigners out there that are listening outside of the United States, if you ever come to the states, yes, okay, you can go to San Francisco, you can go to Chicago, you can go to L.A., you can go to New York, you can go to those places all you want. But there's nothing like Charleston, and if you haven't visited, if you leave the United States without visiting Charleston, you missed out because that is truly a place that actually has history, by the way, as well as architecture, as well as this amazing class, southern class, I'm telling you, people when they go down there, they're so enthusiastic, like even the women dress in like beautiful dresses, it's just so gorgeous, I mean, it's amazing, man, you know, you don't even have to be there to like fit in, like you really don't, I mean, you can totally tell who is and who isn't, but it's so nice, it's so nice to see people that actually like enjoy being there, you know, like truly want to be there, man. I love that place. I used to, eh, I was gonna share some stories, but uh, maybe a little bit later, but anyway, that's besides the point. At Allan grew up there, and there's this really interesting area that's called Sullivan's Island. And if you go there at night, wow, it's actually kind of like ominous, but also gorgeous, right? It's like a little gloomy, looks a little strange but then it's like absolutely gorgeous when the sun hits it just right especially when the sun's riding and the, or setting and it's actually technically on the side of Mount Pleasant and there's this really tiny little park and it's called Alhambra Hall and I'm telling you, man, it's so amazing there I have this secret, like, I have this, like, it's not really secret but I have, I have this, like, inner desire that you know, Lord willing, if I ever find a wife, and, you know, she, she's, like, the one, right? I have this, like, inner desire that I'm going to take her to this place, man. And I'm going to propose in that, like, that little, that little tiny, it's so tiny, by the way, it's like a little, little park, has a gorgeous view, man, and, like, just amazing, you know, and, and I'm telling you, when this, when the sun hits right, when it's, just right man like it is so majestic there anyway anyway back to Ed- edgar Allan Poe. i don't know if this is actually true but somebody told me that he wrote annabelle lee which is the poem i'm going to read tonight when he was in this area i don't know if that's true but something tells me that man you know i wouldn't doubt it too much because it is a really interesting area like it's 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 got, like I said, it can be ominous, right? With a gloomy, cloudy overcast, or it can be like super gorgeous, uplifting, amazing. It's kind of like a mixture of the two, right? So I want to believe that when he wrote this poem, he was sitting there watching the horizon and thought about this lady, right? Annabelle Lee. Now... Getting back to my point here, most of us just associate him with being having this like dark side to him, but he was actually a very loving guy. He was actually like very sentimental, and finally, well, thankfully I should say, Annabelle Lee is like proof that he actually had a very like soulful, a very sentimental heart. So, if this is your first time listening to this poem, enjoy it, and for the rest of y'all. Sit back, get those headphones on, find a place of comfort, a little quiet place. Let's change the music. I'm going to drink some water, change the track, five-second countdown, and on with the show. Alright, y'all? Here we go. Messed it up. One second, guys. (laughs) Oh man, where is? Oh, there it is. Found it. Found it. Found it. Found it. Okay. All right. Is this it? Yes, it is. Oh man, this is totally it. Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go, guys. Gonna drink some water. Do the five-second countdown. Let's go. Guys ready? All right. This is the Jay Rolton Speaks Podcast. Let's go. It was many years, it was many go, in a kingdom by the sea, that a maiden there lived, whom you may know, by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought, and to love and be loved by me. I was a child she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I am my Annabelle Lee, with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee, so that her highborn kinsmen came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulchre in this kingdom by the sea. And the angels not have so happy in heaven, want and went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea. The wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we. Of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above, the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle for the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle and the stars never rise Edgar Allan Poe Did you notice he used the word darling twice? If you came late to the show, our theme tonight is the word darling. And as you guys know by now, those of be those of you who are listening from the beginning, darling means my blood, my precious, my invaluable heart. My love my life my darling you know in spanish when we address somebody as darling we have several ways of saying it the two more popular ways is mi amor which means my love and the second one is querido or querida which means most wanted, or most liked, or most preferred, or most adored. That is how you should address that special someone in your life. Don't take words for granted, guys. Really choose them wisely. And don't share those words with just random people. I know there's many of you, you know, you probably say it to your friends because that's just how you say it. That's how you grew up, or that's how your friend, that's how you do it in your circle of friends. And that's fine, but don't be surprised that when somebody says it to you, right? Especially that somebody that's not in your circle of friends, that it doesn't have the same tone. You see, this is what I mean by reserving words for your special someone, right? And by the way, when I when I mean special someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be like like your 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 boyfriend, your girlfriend, your fiance it doesn't necessarily or your wife or husband, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be that. It can be like an actual dear-hearted friend, like a true true friend. All I'm trying to say, guys, is that don't just give it out to like so many people in your life. Say it for that special someone, right? My darling, my kushla, mi querido, mi amor, mon amor, mon vie. Edgar Allan Poe used it twice to address his love Annabelle Lee. I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, twice in a row. My life and my bride. That is how you say my darling in English. When you truly mean it, that there is no substitute, whatsoever. You are my darling. You are my breath. You are my life. You are my love. So much so that I'm willing to lie down next to your tomb by the sea. That's what Edgar Allan Poe teaches us in this poem. And, for all intents and purposes, he actually didn't write this poem for us. He wrote it for Annabelle Lee. Of course, he's a natural storyteller, so he wants other people to know about it. But in actuality, he's talking to her. My darling. Take this poem beyond life, in the afterlife. And hold these words close to you because when I say my darling, it is beyond this realm. It is a trace of the life you had on earth while we were together. So you will always be my darling, my love. My life, my heart, my breath, my love, my blood. It's a fantastic word. My darling, my blood. Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? It's amazing, guys. It's so amazing. This is the J. Rollins Speaks Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here. We are learning something so awesome. We're learning a new word in a new way. We're learning an old word in a new way. And I hope you guys are enjoying this show. If you didn't know this already, I have a Spotify account. If you don't know what Spotify is, go search for it. Go to your app store. Search for Spotify. Download it. Look for my show. It's called J. Rolden Speaks. You'll see a picture of my face. There are three links underneath it. Number one is I want you to rate the show. Let me know how I'm doing. It's based out of five stars. Alright? Rate the show. Seriously. I want you to rate the show. All of you. If you haven't, those of you, especially those of you who've been following me for a while, if you haven't rated, it, rated the show yet on Spotify, I need you to do that after this. And let me know how I'm doing. I'm not going to tell you how to rate it. Rate it however you want. It really doesn't matter to me. But I want you to rate it. And then the second link is where you can leave a message. If you have any recommendations for poems in the future, if you have any suggestions for themes in the future, let me know. Leave it in the message there. All that information is there. And then third and finally, if you want to support the show, if you want to help local organizations in the state where I live, then go, ha- go ahead and do that because all the proceeds go to an organization every month. And I will make sure that that organization gets it. I'll make a video where you guys can see it. All these things. I want to be as transparent as possible. And there you go. Alright? So, I want to help out my community. And create good content as much as possible. So, thanks for listening guys. We're about to switch gears here. We're going to switch to Spanish. So, bear with me my Anglo friends. I'm going to read a Spanish in poem. Namaste caballeros. Muchas gracias por estar aquí. ¿Están listos por el poema en, en castellano? Créeme que este siguiente poema, no sé si todos lo conocen. No creo que ustedes lo, no, lo conocen, pero es un poema lindo, sincero. Y bueno, tampoco sé quién los crió, desafortunadamente, pero el título es Lo que mi corazón siente por ti. Eso es el título de este poema. Y esto es un poema legítimo. No es una carta. Es un poema legítimo. Y se llama Lo que mi corazón siente por ti. Así que espero lo disfruten. Lo pasen súper bien conmigo. Voy a cambiar el la música. Y voy a hacer un, como se dice en inglés, un countdown. <ríe> y, y vamos a comenzar con este poema. A ver, dame un segundito aquí, voy a. tengo un problema de ubicar el, el track que quería usar, pero no, no me voy a demorar mucho, así que voy a. Ah, ahí está, ok. La encontré. A ver, dame un segundo. Eh, no sé, está? No me acuerdo. Ah, ahí está, ¿cierto? Ahí está. Ok. A ver. Ok. Aquí vamos, ¿cierto? Vamos a empezar en 5, 4, 3... No puedo bajar la luna ni las estrellas. Solo puedo puedo sacar una sonrisa cada día que estés triste. No seré el más lindo poco el más detallista, pero cuando te te digo que te quiero, te lo digo con el corazón en las manos. El amor no llega de un día a otro, el amor no solo es un sentimiento, Es aquello que nadie puede romper. Eso es lo que siento por ti. Cuando veo una rosa, me recuerda mucho lo hermoso, lo hermosa que estás. Y cuando estoy contigo, era estar contigo aplauso por favor <ríe> qué lindo este poema qué lindo como te dije desgraciadamente no sé los quién lo escribió el título se llama lo que mi corazón siente por ti mira yo doy gracias a Dios por lo magistral que es el lenguaje el idioma cuando uno lo conjuga ¿cierto? y Le pone así como una fórmula más o menos, más o menos. Hay algo magistral, hay algo mágico cuando uno lo conjuga en una forma que solamente se puede oír de manera poética. Hay algo así como la imaginación se mezcla con el corazón y la lógica y lo, lo, lo ilógico. Es como un juego, ¿cierto? Mira, esa palabra conjugar es algo muy interesante porque cuando uno conjuga ¿cierto? las las palabras, las letras, los tensos, todo eso, es como uno está realmente jugando con el idioma, ¿cierto? Eso es lo que me interesa mucho de esa palabra, conjugar. Pero muchas veces no lo asociamos con la la idea de jugar, como si fuera un partido o algo así, Porque, porque... Tomamos la palabra conjugar como algo así gramático que tiene que tener así como un, una estri- estructura y sí es verdad tiene necesita una estructura pero para obtener una estructura hay que tener algo de juego ¿me entienden? O sea es, es hay que jugar para entender y formar las estructuras estructuras así que quizás ahora aprendieron, aprendieron otra palabra in a la mejor manera así que qué lindo este poema me, me gustó tanto este poema que, que quiero leerlo de nuevo puedo leerlo de nuevo porque me bueno tuve un poquito de de error de tiempo así que espero que me permiten leerlo de nuevo by the way all my English speakers here thank you so much for being here I was trying to explain to them like just how really really pretty this word is and how amazing It is to live in a world where we have been designed to formulate and conjugate words and make it in a way that is so poetic and so lovely so magical and it's like a explosion of imagination and sentiments and logic and abstract and it's like this idea of like conjugating and so I was explaining to my Spanish speakers that when we conjugate right in Spanish when we say conjugate, we say the word conjugar. Now, technically, even though it doesn't necessarily mean the way I'm about to explain it to y'all, like the idea here is that when you conjugate, okay, the last word jugate in Spanish, when we say conjugate, we say conjugar. Now, the word jugar means also to play. And so I like this idea of like, when we conjugate, we are playing with language, right? We're not just playing with the tenses. We're not just playing with the adjective and the noun and verb agreement, right? Which is important. But in order to have some coherence and structure, you need to play with words. You need to play with it so that it can have a coherence and a structure. And so when you conjugate, then you are playing with words. And that's what's amazing about words. And when we do it right, when we conjugate it right, we can come up with some of the most amazing poetic verses ever written, which is why this poem that I read in Spanish is so lovely, so genuine, so heartfelt that, you know, I just I wish all of you could just learn Spanish. Just just learn it. OK, like don't stop listening to whoever's telling you that you're too old or you past your prime or whatever that means. Like, just stop it. Like, don't listen to that, okay? I know plenty of people, especially people that are in their 60s, that learned German in late in their life, right? And those are people that I personally know, by the way. And they are fine. They are speaking fluently. And they're amazing and, like, super intelligent, right? Like, just stop having excuses, basically. You can learn a language, it's just a question of whether you want to or not. That's all it is. Really. There's no other reason. Okay? Yes, you might have a busy life, you might, whatever. That's an excuse. Okay? You wanna know, you wanna know why? Because think about the thing that you desire most in your life. How many times have you made time for that? Enough said. I'm gonna read this poem one more time in Spanish. And here we go. And then I'm going to go back to reading English. So all of you Anglos, all my English speaking speakers, just be patient. I want to say welcome. Thanks for being here. And I hope that you guys enjoy this reading in Spanish one more time. And then I'll go back to reading some English ones for sure. Okay, so don't go anywhere. I got to do this. Here we go. Wait. One second. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, here we go. No te puedo bajar la luna Ni las estrellas Solo puedo Puedo sacar una sonrisa Cada día que estés triste No seré el, el más lindo Tampoco el más detallista Pero cuando te digo que te quiero Te lo digo con el corazón en las manos, el amor no llega de un día a otro, el amor no solo es un sentimiento, es aquello que nadie puede romper, eso es lo que siento por ti. Cuando veo una rosa. recuerda mucho lo hermosa que estás, cuando estoy con, contigo, cuando estoy contigo, te quiero más, y quisiera estar contigo, recuerdo el día en que tú te conocí, ese día quedé enamorado Acabó el show hasta mañana. Qué bonito, no? okay. Wow, all right, all my Anglos. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Yes, that was a poem that I really don't know who wrote it. It, I, I, I'm, I, I really don't know who wrote it, but in English, it's the translation, at least, of the title is. What my heart felt for you, or what my heart feels for you, and so it's a really, really genuine, very like easy read for sure. You don't need to know, you know, a deep vocabulary of Spanish, but it's it's pretty understandable honestly. But anyway, this is another way of expressing to your darling. So those of you who just tuned in to the live. Our theme, our word of tonight is the word "darling," and just a real, real quick recap of what that word means. So, English in English, right? It comes from many different languages, okay? And I have—I don't want to use too much airtime right now to explain it again. So, I'll be posting this particular episode on my Spotify account, so you can listen to it from to, from the beginning. And trust me, it is absolutely worth listening for the first twenty minutes of tonight's podcast because the idea here is that you actually get to see and learn where the word darling comes from. Anyway, just to summarize, the word darling is a conglomeration from both the French, the Gaelic, and also the Scottish form of saying darling. Okay. It's Anglo-Saxon, basically. And so in French, the word Dior, which is where we get the word Darling, actually means Precious, right? Something that has invaluable It's invaluable, basically It's its its like Too expensive, basically But that's where we get the word Precious And that's what Dior means, right? When we say Darling And then the Gaelic form Of Darling is Mkushla Which is, to me Is probably the most amazing way of understanding how darling works because when you say the word makushla to somebody what you're telling you're not just saying my darling to them but you're actually saying you're my blood and they don't even have to be related to you to refer to them as my blood when somebody says that to you that means that you are a part of them and that's what you say to that special someone in your life right that's what you say to someone that is absolutely priceless that is absolutely precious to you so they're not just your darling they are your blood which also implies your life which is why we say darling as another way a synonym for my love which in Spanish is how we say darling my love, mi amor, mi querida and then finally now that you know this word in its truest form, you need to be very wise with how you share words with people. I don't say darling to just random people. I don't say darling to just anybody. I'm reserving it for that special someone because when I say it to her, it will mean my darling, my blood, my life, my breath, my heart. My love That's why you say And only use the word darling Wisely Alright? Alright So Let's get another <laughs> Another poem here Let's get it ready to See it, to speak it In English And let me see what I have here Let's see By the way, those of you who are interested in The musical tracks that you're listening to that will also be posted the links and the names to the composers that you're listening to they will be in my spotify account so specifically this episode this is episode 82 and it'll be in the description all right so if you're interested in listening to these amazing composers i want to encourage all of you to support each and every one of these composers these are amazing talent a lot of these guys are actually fairly young by the way all right and you know when i say young i mean like my age (laughs) But anyway, a lot of these guys are upcoming and, and, and also guys that have been in the field for a long time. And so all of you know my man crush of <laughs> Tony Anderson. Tony Anderson is an amazing composer and this is what you're listening to right now is by Tony Anderson. And I just have this I have this dream that like somehow he's gonna like find out about this podcast or this live. And I don't know man, like Tony man, one last time, like well, maybe not one last night, but like, I just want to like share a cup of tea or coffee with you at your studio, watch you work. And if you're gracious enough to allow me to recite a poem that I wrote, I would love for you to like play any track you have or even something I might want to make with that poem, man, and I would, my goodness, I'm going to enter the gates of heaven with just a gratitude, man, you know, thanking God for you, for your mind, for your heart, for your family, my goodness, man, that would be an awesome day, (laughs) all right, guys, Look at this, I'm getting a little teary eyed, man. <laughs> for for a dude! Alright, uh... <laughs> this next one... <laughs> what am I gonna read here? Oh yes, so... <clears throat> this poem that I'm gonna read is... It may sound a little cheesy, but... I think... Now that you know the word darling... Perhaps maybe it'll have a slightly different intonation of saying something like this to your darling. So, let's see what happens. Alright? Let's start this amazing Tony Anderson track one last time. Here we go guys. Five second countdown. Here we go. Words cannot describe your beauty, when I look at you, I can't help but stare. and rare. You have such gorgeous hair, and such a luminous smile. It's just not fair how beautiful you are. But you have been for a while. And your eyes pierce into my soul. Grabbing my heart. Taking complete control. You make it hard to be apart. And your lips tell me what to do. the most beautiful girl. I know. I was written by Tori G. I'm not sure what the title is, but I'm going to assume that it's called Words Cannot Describe Your Beauty. I'm going to keep going with another poem with the same track because I think you'll like this next one. This is written by Mimi Mangomba. Let's see what you guys think about this one, alright? By the way, you're listening to Tony Anderson in the background. Once again, I'm going to post the link to Tony Anderson's music and all the other artists that I have on here on my Spotify account. It'll be in the description. Seriously, support these guys. These guys are amazing. They deserve all the credit. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Alright, one more time. Let's listen to this. And this is written by Mimi Mangomba. somewhere alone with you, instead of praying you're feeling like I do, and I'd rather be staring into the depths of your eyes, searching, exploring, to you. I've never seen you, never met you, never heard or smelled or touched you, never known, but truth be told. me too. And the nights I am secretly needing you. You're longing for me too. Too many. My tears seem insignificant. day We'll have to wait because when we find each other and the depths of hearts are revealed our love will be eternal worth every tearful moment that we've waited and though we are apart for yet another night. Our moment is a day near Pretty sure she has some Spanish heritage in there somewhere, man. Because this woman just wrote like a Latino would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, this is amazing. This is a come on, guys. Like, can we give amazing applause to Mimi Mangomba and Tony Anderson? Just all these amazing artists, poet, musicians. I mean, I am so humbled that I get to read these to y'all seriously like that's all I do I just read it right like these guys are the amazing talent right here that's all I mean this is amazing like how much time and effort and thought was put into this you know same thing goes with Tanner Anderson and all the other compositions out there man like these guys like just went through all of their incredible time just probably had like sleepless nights Composing these materials and writing this stuff, and then I just get to read it here, right? That's it's amazing, guys. I Man. Talk about the anthem to all of the single people out there, right? Like truly the ones that are like you know, waiting and the ones that are sort of waiting, and then the ones that like sort of got tired of waiting, right? Like, like this is truly a poem for all of us right the ones that are just like patiently just kind of waiting you know but let me say something here super important now i know many of you know what it means to wait and i know many of you have had experiences frustrating experiences with meeting people and it obviously didn't work out but something very important here that the poem also implies here see the very first line in this poem okay the very first line reads the following it says i would rather be somewhere alone with you instead of praying you're feeling like i do now don't get me wrong it's good to pray okay It's good to pray because it allows your heart to not feel so anxious and also just to trust right? something beyond your control. But it is just as important to also be active in the pursuit of someone that you haven't met yet and are wanting to meet that person, right? Many of you have been told, especially at a young age, that like you can't expect to get better at anything if you're just sitting at home or in the basement or wherever, in the attic or whatever, in your, in your room. You have to go and be active and get out and actually do something. Right? This is the only way you can get better at whatever skill or craft you have, or, you know, whatever it is that you're pursuing. You can't just like sit there and wait. Now, don't get me wrong, it's important. It's good to be patient and it's good to trust. But you also need to do, you also need to be in action. You also need to. you know what it actually means to be in being? Right? Many of you know what it means to be. But not many of us know what it means to be in being. It has a gerund associated with it. Which means that it's continuous. Right? Which is why a lot of verbs actually have a gerund to it. Right, an ING to it, right? Talking, walking, loving, hearing, listening, right? Sleeping, resting, eating, these are continuous. You need to be in being. That's what that means. You need to be in a continuous state. And so, if you are waiting, you are not static. In doing nothing, you are waiting, not in vain, but in a selfless act. You are continuously active in being patient and also pursuing, finding. Right? This is what hope does. And that's why I find this poem fantastic, because the poet says, I would rather be somewhere alone with you. You see, that little statement is already an act of being, right? Instead of praying, you're feeling like I do. I'd rather be in being with you. And they haven't even met that person yet. That's the whole point. I'd rather be staring into the depths of your eyes. Another action. Another be in being. Searching. Exploring. Knowing. Loving. I have decided to disclose to you. I've never seen you. I've never met you. I've never heard or smelled or touched, never known, but truth be told, I'm deeply and truly and madly in love with you just because I know you're in love with me too. And the nights I'm secretly needing you, you're longing for me too. Too many, my tears, insignificant and they're meaningful to you. And someday, our paths will meet, and I'll just know I've found you. My goodness. And though we are apart for yet another night, our moment is a day nearer. Isn't that amazing? Come on man, like... (laughs) my bros at man like is there any dudes in here like seriously man we need like a virtual fist pump or something man like seriously like if there's any dudes in here and you're down right now like come on man like virtual fist pump right here the day is getting near man all right but you need to be in being you need to do something you need to be active man and pursuing yes You're going to go through some weird experiences. Yes, you're going to go through some rejections. Yes, you're going to go through some just really awful, embarrassing things. Don't let those determine where your heart ought to be. Your heart ought to be a place of rest, of peace, of hope, of genuine love, of respect. What are you nurturing your heart with? Who's your blood? Who's your darling? Who's the Makushla in your life? Who's the Makushla that has said that to you? Who's the Dior? Who's the precious? Who's the priceless? Who's the invaluable that have said those things to you? Because there is someone that has, and that person is the one where you should be nurturing your heart with, truly. A truth beyond any penetration of doubt, a truth that is unshakable, a truth that is sustaining and hopeful for ages and ages to come. This is the J. Roland Speaks Podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful time. Thank you so much for being here. This is an amazing night. I hope that you are learning and being edified and remembering that there is a, an amazing world that we live in with amazing people. Amazing hearts, amazing words, and an amazing grace. (sighs) Amazing things, guys. I gotta read a Spanish poem. I told my Spanish speakers that I would, even though I did read one earlier, but I'm going to read another one. Aquí viene otro poema en español. Aquí vamos. Este es Luis Cernuda. Si el hombre pudiera decir lo que ama. Si el hombre pudiera levantar su amor por el cielo. y como murros que se derrumban para solo saludar la verdad erguida erguida, perdón I gotta start that again aquí vamos de nuevo pudiera decir lo que ama, si el hombre pudiera levantar su amor por el cielo, como una nube en la luz, si como muros que se derrumban para saludar la verdad erguida en el medio pudiera derrumbar su cuerpo dejando sola la verdad de su amor la verdad de sí mismo que no se llama gloria, fortuna o ambición sino amor o deseo y yo sería aquel que imaginaba Aquel que, con su lengua, sus ojos y sus manos, proclama ante los hombres la verdad ignorada, la verdad de su amor verdadero. Libertad no conozco sino la libertad de estar preso en alguien cuyo nombre no puedo oír sin escalofrío. Alguien por quien me olvido de esta existencia, porque en el día y la noche son para mí lo que quiera, y mi cuerpo y mi espíritu flotan en su cuerpo, y espíritu y mi cuerpo, con leños perdidos que el mar anega o levanta, libremente, con la libertad del amor, y la única libertad que me exalta, la única libertad porque muero, Justificas mi existencia. Si no te conozco, no he vivido. Si muero sin conocerte, no muero. Ahora sí que se acabó. (ríe) Ay, 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 tengo tantas palabras para decir, pero me estoy controlando mis urgencias. Como te dije anoche o unos nachos atrás, estar conmigo será un llovisno de palabras cariñosas. Solo quiero edificarte, solo quiero apoyarte, quiero ser tu gran amigo. Más que nada. Y si sí, tengo el privilegio de besar tus labios. Bailaremos hasta la tarde de atarde- atardecer. Y bueno, será una noche que viviré. estaré en mi corazón y mi mente. Para el resto de mi vida. Así que este poeta que se llama Luis Cernuda dijo precisamente lo que es amar a una querida, amar una un amor, cierto? Cuando una persona dice mi amor, esto es lo que dice en realidad. Dice que si muero sin conocerte no muero porque no he vivido ¿me entienden? o sea es es como lógico eso ¿cómo puedo morir? si mi amor my darling no lo conozco todavía o sea perdón no puedo morir sin conocerla y es precisamente cuando la, la conozco He empezado a vivir. (ríe) ¿Entiendes? ¿Qué sentimiento? ¿Qué gesto muy muy gentil eso? O sea, bien simple, pero no hay otra manera para explicar eso. Eso es decir a una persona mi querida, mi amor, mi vida. ¿Entiendes? Eso es precisamente lo que significa eso. Es por eso que en inglés, cuando decimos mi amor o mi vida, mi querida, eso es lo que se dice my darling ¿Entiende? eso es lo que estoy tratando de enseñar a, a todos aquellos que están en el, en el live ahora ¿entienden? por eso esa palabra esas palabras hay que usarlo con con mucho reservaciones porque no hay que decirla a cualquiera o si no esa palabra no va a tener sentido Por eso hay que reservarla solamente para esa persona especial. ¿Entiendes? O sea, tú realmente le dices a esa persona, mi vida, porque realmente es tu vida. Ahora, obviamente tú tienes tu propia vida y, bueno, eres individual, todo eso. Pero, al mismo tiempo, tú realmente no conoces cómo tener... El miedo de perder a alguien cuando tú te realizas o te fijas que esa persona es tu gran amor, ¿entiendes? O sea, eso es lo que morir. Eso es lo que realmente morir. No físicamente, pero internamente morir es. Fregado, eso. Muy fregado. Pero bueno. Como dice el comble, com, Como dice el colombiano, pero bueno. Bueno, este es J. Roldán Speaks. Gracias por estar aquí. Espero que lo están disfrutando de este show. Estamos aquí en vivo y en directo. Y bueno, quiero agradecer a todos aquellos que están aquí en este live. Y por escuchar este lindo mensaje. Y bueno, vamos a terminar este live con un poema en inglés así que quiero agradecerles a cada uno por estar aquí y bueno nos vemos mañana si Dios quiere con un show muy especial porque los domingos por la noche yo tomo sus sus sugerencias, sus sugestiones, lo que ustedes quieren que yo lea vamos a leer los poemas que ustedes quieren ¿cierto? Eso es lo que llamo en inglés en un Sunday Night Request, ¿cierto? Así que nos vemos ahí en la próxima. Ahora voy a leer un poema para terminar aquí este show, pero voy a cambiar de idiomas. Así que gracias por estar aquí. Nos vemos en la próxima. All right, guys. So, thank you so much for hanging in there. And I am looking forward to tomorrow. Remember that tomorrow is Sunday night and that is request line. So, that's where you guys get to request the poem you want me to read of course, many of you speak English so obviously you can speak, You can request English poems but if you speak a different language, right? especially French, Spanish, Portuguese any of those languages will do I'm more than happy to read those Italian, I'm getting a little bit better so just, you'll have to be patient with me there German, I also need a lot of work there but someday I will try to do a bunch of German poems in German and hopefully it works if you are from scandinavia which i know many of you some of you at least are listening from oslo please forgive me you guys know that it is so difficult to learn scandinavian languages so i'm going to need like a lot of a lot of like months here because i'm still learning and it's tough it is very tough but one day i'll surprise you you know and and let's let's make a bet Let's make a bet, and I'm talking specifically to my Norwegian friends out there. If I surprise you with how good and almost natural sounding I I say a poem in Norwegian, I want you guys to buy my ticket to go to Oslo, and then we're gonna hang out in Oslo or have have a cup of tea or coffee, you know, spend a couple of nights, and then just I'll, and then that's it, right? Just so that. I proved to you that I won the bet (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) good stuff We'll see, anyway Okay, I want to finish tonight's live with a English poem And actually, you know what? No, 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 I forgot to read something that I wanted to read tonight Ugh, I can't, no, wait, 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 I can't end the live just yet I got to read two more Spanish poems and then I also got to read two more English poems. So give me one second while I locate the poems. Oh yes, 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 yes. Let me see something real quick. All right, so I'm going to read a poem by Marie Ravenel Delacoste, and this one's actually titled Somebody's Darling, so hopefully you guys enjoy this one. This one has an interesting story, so this is more written like a it's a poem, but it's more written like a narrative poem, if that makes sense. So listen to what happens in this particular poem. It's not your traditional poem poem, but it is a poem, make no mistake, but there's something that i think you guys may or may not like so i mean it is the content is is clean so don't worry about that i'm just interested to see what you gather from the actual story of this poem so once again this is by marie ravenel de la coste i've never read this poem before on a live i mean and. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Alright. Let me see. I think I found it actually. Wow. Did I find it? Wow. I did find it. This is amazing. Okay. Here we go. So, this is by Marie Ravenel Delacoste, and this is called Somebody's Darling. Let's try this track one last time, and here we go. Hope you enjoy it. This is the J. Rolden Speaks podcast. Let's go. into a ward of the whitewashed halls where the dead and dying lay wounded by bayonets, shells, and balls somebody's darling was born one day somebody's darling so young and so brave Wearing yet on his pale, sweet face soon to be hid by the dust of the grave. The lingering light of his boyhood's grace matted and damp are the curls of the gold. Kissing the sun of that fair young brow, pale are the lips of delicate mould. Somebody's darling is dying now. Back from the beautiful blue-veined brow. Brush all the wandering waves of gold and cross his hands on his bosom now. Somebody's darling is still and cold. Kiss him once for somebody's sake and murmur a prayer soft and low. One bright curl from its fair mate's take. They were somebody's pride, you know. Somebody's hand hath rested there. Was it a mother's soft and white, and have the lips of a sister fair been baptized in the waves of light? God knows best, he was somebody's love, somebody's heart enshrined him there, somebody wafted his name above, night and morn and the wings of prayer, somebody wept when he marched away, looking so handsome, brave and grand. Somebody's kiss on his forehead lay, somebody clung to his parting hand. Somebody watching and waiting for him, yearning to hold him again to their heart, and there he lies with his blue eyes dim and the smiling childlike lips apart, tenderly bury the fair young dead, pausing to drop on his grave at here, carve on the wooden slab at his head. Somebody's darling slumbers here That was Somebody's Darling by Marie Ravenel Delacoste Yes it's a sad poem But it makes you think once again about the usage of darling, right? This was someone's child. Someone's darling. Do you see why you need to reserve that word? Don't just give it out to just anybody, only use it to refer to someone truly who is. Your heart. Who is your beat. Who is your blood. Makushla. Do not forget that word. My darling. My blood. My life. My all. In all. That's what darling means. So even if. This may be a sad poem, the very act and expression of referring to this lost love is exactly what darling should be, because when you lose them, you also die slightly. That's why you call somebody, my darling, because the moment that they're away, even if they're still alive, but the moment that they're away, they need to come back to you. Otherwise, you also start to die. And yes, it sounds a little dramatic. I understand. That's not what I'm trying to point out here. It's the idea of like longing for them, right? My goodness, those of you who have followed my show for, you know, just if you're recent to my show, one day I'm going to be doing another live about the word longing. And I've already done a couple of podcasts a long time ago that I deconstruct. But man, you're going to really, really love this word. And I, we definitely don't know how to use that properly. But you'll understand what I'm trying to say here when I referring to like, darling and longing it's very very interconnected so looking forward to that one again anyway (laughs) thanks for being here guys i hope you enjoyed that i gotta do the spanish poems as i had mentioned before these are very short ones so they won't take too much time but of course i gotta do some neruda ones man i just gotta you know so I'm going to read sonnet number 46, I believe, <laughs> or 44, oh, I can't remember, I, I think it's 46. I'm just going to say 46. It might be 44 or 46, one of those. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this is by Paulo Neruda, I'm going to change the track, we're going to get started. And I'm going to do two in a row, by the way. I'm going to do two in a row of Pablo Neruda. And then finish the night with one final English one. call in a night. And wrap up the show. Alright guys, don't go anywhere. I'm going to drink some water. Change the track. Five second countdown. On with the show. I'll be right back. Let's find the track, switch it up de tanto amor mi vida se tiñó de violeta y fui de rumbo en rumbo como las aves ciegas hasta llegar a tu ventana amiga mía tú sentiste un rumor de corazón quebrado Me levanté a tu pecho Sin ser y sin saber Fui a la torre del trigo Y surgí para vivir entre tus manos Me levanté del mar a tu alegría Nadie puede contar lo que te debo, es lúcido lo que te debo, amor, y es como una raíz natal de auracanía, lo que te debe y lo que te debo. sin duda ha estrellado todo lo que te debo. Lo que te debo es como el pozo de una zona silvestre en donde guardo el tiempo. Relámpagos errantes. necesitamos una animación donde hay como lluvia o algún terremoto quizás <ríe> cuando cuando las palabras en español son tan bien conjugados es como se necesita un relámpago de verdad cierto o sea como una señal así como pa despierta Porque ahora mismo empezaste a vivir. Eso es lo que es leer un poema de Neruda. Como realmente empiezas a sentir la alegría, la felicidad felicidad de vivir. Tienes el privilegio de no solamente sentir el sol, de no solamente jugar con tus mascotas, no solamente estar con amigos, tener familia. Pero realmente leer literatura que es sano y sumamente bellos. O sea, ¿realmente tú sabes cómo es vivir? Mira, tú puedes caminar y subir las mejores montañas del mundo, ¿ya? Y si tú subiste a la cima de, de, de Everest, felicidades, qué, qué objeto más, qué objetivo más bravo y de tanta coraje, bien por ti. Pero ahora, ¿tú sabes cómo es subir la cima del idioma? ¿La misma idea que tú te comunicas con alguien? Cuando alguien te habla así es como subir la, la cima de una montaña. Quizás no de Everest, pero algo muy increíble. Por lo menos para mí no voy a decir que entiendo Neruda totalmente. Pero algunas veces en sus poemas entiendo siento exactamente lo que él siente. Es por eso que este escritor, este poeta es uno de los mejores de todos los tiempos. No es por caus- causal- causalidad. ¿entiende? Es un propósito así que bueno espero que entiendan eso espero que algún día entiendan eso ok un poema más y vamos a terminar la transmisión con un poema en inglés o sea voy a leer un poema más en castellano y después terminar con uno en inglés ok Okay, all right, all my Anglo speakers, thanks for hanging in there. I want to read one more Spanish poem and then finish the live with an English poem. So just be patient with me. I'm almost ready. Okay, aquí vamos. Here we go, here we go. Ready? One more poem by Neruda, And... This one is sonnet number twenty-two. Cuántas veces, amor? sin verte y tal vez sin el recuerdo sin reconocer tu mirada sin mirarte centaura en regiones contrarias en un mediodía quemante era solo el, el aroma de de los cereales que amo, y tal vez te ahí te sup- supuse al pasar levantando una copa en Angola a la luz de la luna de junio, o eras tú la cintura de aquella guitarra. toqué en las tinieblas, y solo como el mar desmedido. Y te amé sin que yo lo supiera, y busqué tu memoria. En las casas vacías entre él, con linterna, entré con linterna a robar tu retrato. Pero yo ya sabía cómo era. De pronto mientras ibas conmigo te toqué y se detuvo mi herida. Frente a mis ojos estabas reinándome y reinas. Como hoguera en los bosques, el fuego es aplauso por favor <ríe> gracias de nue- nuevamente subimos a la cima de la poesía la poesía es una montaña de lenguaje y Neruda es una de las montañas más altas del mundo que belleza total ver el mundo en la cima de un poema de Neruda en serio ¿cómo puedes admirar a alguien que tú quieres en tu vida alguien que tú llamas darling en tu vida alguien que tú realmente consideras como un gran amigo un gran amor o por lo menos alguien que tú te fijas y y realizas que nadie más nadie más puede satisfacer como esa persona y no estoy hablando de las cosas íntimas esos es, mira la intimidad es un bonus ¿me entienden o sea es algo así como un plus ¿me entienden un plus no es el objetivo de las relaciones la intimidad es un plus de las íntimas de las relaciones Especialmente cuando esos, cuando esa pareja está basada en la amistad verdadera, ¿me entienden? ¿Cómo puedes mirar a, a esa persona? igual que antes de conocer, de tener el conocimiento de est- los poemas de Neruda. Yo no puedo ser los, el mismo. Es imposible. Eso es morir y vivir al mismo tiempo. La persona antigua muere. Pero la persona nueva. Nace. Que increíble. All right guys, I got one more poem, and it's actually mine, and of course I have to end with the poem that I wrote, or I'm sorry, that it, <laughs> this poem is called To My Darling. Since our theme tonight is about darling, the word darling have to finish it with a poem that i wrote about my darling so if this is your first time listening to this poem this is what i would say to my darling when or if I have the privilege to call someone my darling. You ready? Here we go. I often thought about that night. We walked along the beach. I remember your face. Your eyes were soft. And assured of my affection for you. Your smile was peaceful, and happy, and your hair was magnificent, and smelled of sweet perfume. You placed your head on my shoulder. I could feel your affection for me. Do you know your eyes sparkle at night? I swear, you are a shooting star incarnate. And I wanted that night to never end sea breeze, the delicate colors of evening, and your warm hands around my arm. You see, I am myself when I guide you through the sand, listening to your laughter fueling my being, and these moments are precious and live forever. And if you should ever wonder of me, or if I am unable to be with you in physical form, I want you to touch these words and feel them in your heart. And let it generate an everlasting memory far beyond the limits of this world. And listen to how my words liven you. And how every syllable kisses your lips. And every vowel caresses your body. I will always be here whenever you need. But for now, take heed of this moment. For time bridges the past with the future and is obligated to adhere to your heart's demands. So conjure me inside of you, and the warmth of my embrace will forever live in happiness and gratitude. Until then. I'll think of you and dwell in the love you've given me, my darling, my blood, my heart. This is Jay Roldan Speaks Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you had a wonderful time and learned something great. And well, you know, this is a great place for learning about the amazingness of this world and learning about some of these great, amazing poets. I have the privilege of reading their work and, of course, all of these amazing composers that you heard in the background. You can find the link to their channels on my Spotify account in the description of this episode. This is episode 81, 82, 82. and thank you so much for being here. hope that everything goes well for you tomorrow, I don't know what you're going to get into, but make sure you do with a lot of intention, a lot of purpose. Make sure you call your friends, your family, let them know that you miss them and you love them, all these things. And if I don't see you, I just want you to know this has been an absolute privilege of mine and I hope to leave a legacy for future generations. And, well, if there's any young people listening to this, please understand we need y'all. We need you to stand up for truth, stand up for absolute truth and search and continue to search for wholesome goodness and especially when it comes to altruistic love. And when you are standing in front of that truth and love, make that decision of pursuing it because it will change your life you're gonna have a much more thirst for life and all your relationships are going to be experienced in a much different way so as we say in spanish un gran abrazo para ustedes espero que lo pasen super bien y si Dios quiere nos vemos en el próximo gracias por estar aquí Espero que la disfrutaron. Nos vemos hasta mañana. Adiós. Good good night, everybody. Take care.